Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that is part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And welcome to our 100th episode. We have done this a hundred times now, which is kind of crazy and buck wild, and we have gone out of our way to structure this episode to be, mm, I'm going to say, perfect for new listeners. Right. And so what we're going to do for you is we're going to break down kind of the format of the show, what we do here, and kind of what you can expect from the rest of it. Because this is a production. Like, this is not your Joe Rogans. This is not, I mean... Any other podcast, we got bits, we got segments, we have homework. (laughs) Hold on, on. wait a minute. Your goal was to list any conversational podcast, and the only one you could come up with was Joe Rogan. Like Alex was saying, we have segments. We organize our podcast by segments. First, we do the intro segment, which is kind of just us doing whatever. You know, there's no format to that, really. And then we move on to our movie segment, and that is the movie club section of the podcast, where every week we bring a new movie to the discussion, and Alex and I talk about it for, you know, 15 to 30 or 60 or 120 minutes, if you're Fast and the Furious. And after that, we do an improv segment, which is us, you know, joking around, trying to create the comedy. Our next segment is a middle segment, which is a little bit more interactive. It's prepared beforehand. And then our final segment is our one hit wonder, a segment that we bring with the sole knowledge that it will never come back. We do it for that episode and that episode alone. And we have never, ever broken that rule once ever. So I've been talking a lot. Alex, do you have anything that you need to say? Dude, I yawned you were talking so long. Now, here's the thing, bro. I think here's things that our audience needs to know. There's going to be inside jokes. You're joining at episode 100, okay? So, you know, take your lumps. You're the rookie. You're going to need to get introduced. You're going to need to pick some stuff up. There's going to be inside jokes that the rest of our, you know, educated, ride or dies, you know, founding members understand and some things you don't and we'll try to get you involved but let's not get it twisted there might be a little bit of hazing but like not serious but like we can't i won't know necessarily like how much of this you need to know like for instance cox gun it's how we end our improv segments so when things been going on too long or we don't really know how to end a scene we say cox gun now you would have figured that out but it's easier if we just tell you now there's gonna be a bunch of other stuff that I don't know, um, th- but we've been doing it for so long, it might go, you know, under the radar. But you'll catch up. You're smart. You found us. There's millions of podcasts out there, too many, some might say, and you found this one. You're still listening. I have confidence in you. You're still listening, despite the fact that Alex has kind of been berating you for the last 90 seconds. I want to. And- OK, it's not berating. I never raise my it's voice. It's kind of berating. Didn't raise my voice in it's order to demeaning. berate. Well, yeah, that's hence the hazing. If it's demeaning or condescending, I will take that. But no one's getting berated. Agree to disagree. Now, moving forward. (laughs) So we're going to move on to our movie segment now. And before we do that, let's just kind of break down how our movie segments work. When we understand that not everybody wants to watch every movie Not everybody has the time or the accessibility to watch every movie. So if you want to listen to an episode but maybe didn't watch the movie, 
I provide a time code before we start the movie segment so you can skip on to the rest of the podcast that did not require homework beforehand. Yeah. And to be honest, I've every podcast that required homework, like watching a movie, whatever, I never do it. You can't make me do it. So I know that at least half the audience is going to be taking my side. Actually, that's way overestimating. I know at least 25% of the audience is going to take my side for most things. And they're probably going to listen to podcasts like I listen to podcasts. So we put something in here for you if you haven't. So don't be like, well, I haven't watched, you know, Jojo Rabbit or literally any of the, I don't know, uh, Goodwill Hunting. We'll put it in. Usually the first five minutes, even if we don't, you know, mark it, are safe. We don't jump into spoilers immediately. Um, the only spoilers that you might get in the first five minutes are whether or not we liked it. Um, but I would say it's 100% worth your time. But if you just want to say, hey, I'm not even here for the movies. I'm here for the jokes, the laughs, and the, you know, the the good times with friends. Skip to the part Craig tells you. Now, let's talk about our movie rating system. We do use a traditional 1 through 10 rating system. We go into decimals. Most of the time, I would say, uh, usually by quarters. And the 1 through 10 rating system is pretty much what you would expect from a system like that. Um, 8 through 10s are like, these are my favorite kinds of movies. These speak to me on a different level. And a 10 is like, this movie is perfect, top 10 of all time. Yeah, 10 is like, listen, I get most people might not dig this, but I've never seen another movie like this. This is top 10 for me of all time. Uh, Six and seven are both like good movies where, you know, six, maybe there are some problems, but it's still a good time. Seven is just like majority. It's not a bad movie. That's a B, B plus movie. Fours and fives. It's where we start to get into the bad territory. Fives are okay. You can scrape by on a five, but a four, ooh, hard to come back from a four. That is, that is just bad. Um, not to say that the whole movie is irredeemable, but a four is more bad than good. Um, twos and threes are where we start to get into like the something was wrong when this movie was made type area. It's mostly unenjoyable. It's difficult to sit through. It, you will probably walk away from this movie having not finished it. And then a one is just completely irredeemable. Like we do this for our podcast and even I didn't want to finish this. Yeah, I think that we can stand by those. And we'll throw in a little extra. We'll explain it a little bit more. Because not all sevens are created equal. There's low sevens, high sevens. We do a standard decimal system of like quarters, you know, 0.25, 0.75. You guys are familiar with quarters. Um, and, and you just witnessed how much Alex listens to me when I talk because I did go over that already. Yeah, I zone out <laughs> when he's talking. I try not to listen, actually. I think it makes this podcast even more interesting. Because I know you guys are doing what I'm doing. At least 25% of, of the listeners are doing what I'm doing. They're like looking at their uh, iPhone app because obviously the 25% we're all using iPhones. And we're just like hitting that plus 30, plus 30, plus 30. Okay, here we go to the good part. Anything else that you talked about that you want me to cover? So I think that covers all the formalities. <laughs> I think you've gleamed enough from this intro to understand whose voice is who and more importantly whose attitude is who i'm sorry about alex this episode he's usually not this drunk um i'm not drunk bro i've had a few sips of a drink and by the way i'm not a super hard drinker i drink only for this podcast so if anything this podcast is the problem 
And I mean, I'm just being real with you. Listen, I'm not putting up all those filters at Craig. I don't, Craig wants you to like him. He's trying to be there. He's trying to be that when you're crying, he's going to approach you and be like, Hey, what's wrong? I'm going to be the guy who's like, why are you doing it in public, bro? You know? All right. Well, we're going to move on to our movie segment. Now the movie that we watched this week, uh, we are in the middle of a themed month right now. We often theme our months to have our movies all correlate with each other. We are doing a cycle of life, a stages of life theme. Uh, and we are currently in the raising children section of the stages of life. And we are watching the 1989 Steve Martin movie, Parenthood. So if you don't want to hear us talk about this movie, you can go ahead and skip to this time code right here. Time code, 28 minutes. 28 seconds. Craig, this movie's got your boy in it. Rick Moranis? I mean, you guys give off very similar energy. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Who did you think my boy was going into this? Steve Martin's your boy. Steve, I, I appreciate Steve Martin a lot. I think that he represents kind of like the peak of 19, of like 20th century comedy. Yeah. He's he's kind of a big deal. And this movie came out in 89. Yeah. Comedy was just like different in the 20th century. And I think like Steve Martin, George Carlin, um, like they represent like the beacon of 20th century comedy. And I think this movie isn't the best representation of that, but you certainly get glimpses of it. From this movie. Right. For sure. I think it's, you're gonna get like, honey, I shrunk the kids vibes, you know? For sure. And it's also, here's another thing about the 20th century is like when things were PG-13, it doesn't, this movie doesn't feel like PG-13. It feels way more serious because like they might not be dropping the F-bomb, but like they're covering very real issues. And I'm like, oh, yes. This movie is PG-13. It feels weird. Yeah. So the premise of this movie is um, it centers around this family called the Buckman family. And there are four siblings. Three siblings. And well, it, no, I thought it was three. It's three siblings and the um, the burnout. I think he's right with the three siblings. Let me see. Because, you know, IMDb could be wrong. They say three Buckman siblings attempt to raise their children. Is IMDb, IMDb right? Who knows? Because we definitely have Gil, right? Yep. Helen is the single mom. Is a single mom. That's their sister. There's also Larry. Nathan. So Larry is the burnout. Right. And then Nathan is the one that's trying to raise the Harvard graduate. Oh, that's not his brother. So there are four siblings. It's his brother-in-law, though. Yeah. So who is he married to? Um, Susan? I think Susan. That makes sense. Okay, so MDB is wrong. But also, there is a lot of characters in this movie. And yeah, there are a lot of characters. And it kind of gets introduced of like who everybody is, but you have to be paying attention. Because there's, okay, four siblings, which we established. Ha- more than half of them, I don't know, half of them have spouses. All of them have kids. Not all of them are currently married. You also meet the grandparents and the grandparents' mother. And you meet all the kids. And all the kids have different personalities. And let me tell you, this movie spends time with everybody. Yes. Like, it's very clear that Steve Martin's character, Gil, is the main character of this movie. But he probably gets 5% more screen time than everybody else. It really does feel like a a well-respected shared story. Yeah. I mean, there's 
easily 10 characters that you know the names of. And we spend time with all of them and they all have their own issues and there's a complex background and we get into all of that. And it's very interesting. Um, Craig, what are like three scenes that stick out for this movie for you? Um, the cowboy Gill scene. Yep, that's my the number birthday one scene for sure. Obviously, uh, when Nathan's wife is breaking up with him via study cards. Okay. That wasn't one of mine, but it's a good point. And, uh, the grant and like the dad going to Gill for parenting advice. Okay. That was my, that was my last one. So the one I'm putting in is Todd going to talk to Joaquin Phoenix, whose name escapes me. So Todd is Keanu Reeves. Dude, okay, this movie's got star power. Yes, yes, yes. You know, pre-Matrix Keanu Reeves, pre-Bill and Ted even, I think. Yeah. This uh, Keanu early. Reeves. Uh, Steve Martin, uh, Mary Steenbergen, who I know from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, uh, Rick Moranis, obviously, Joaquin Phoenix. But this was so early in Joaquin Phoenix's career, he was still going by Leaf Phoenix. Yeah, so I didn't even recognize that was Joaquin Phoenix until you brought it up right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's how young and and just, like, different he looked. Uh, Martha Plipton is in this, too. Oh, Diane Weist, obviously. Yeah, dude, this is crazy, this cast. Um, Also got nominated for two Oscars, which is impressive. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Because comedies and definitely family comedies don't get nominated. But, like... They don't get nominated so frequently, they get lumped in with musicals. Two comedies, or two genres, which very frequently don't have much to do with each other. Right. It was it was pretty, it's, it's remarkable. And there, I don't know if I would have given them these, rate, these nominations, but it was good. It was good enough. Yeah, and Randy Newman got nominated for best music best original song and i could care less but he's randy newman people love randy newman yeah i listen i'm not sold either way on randy newman however (laughs) movie starts and you're like oh so i'm gonna press play on this movie and the first thing i'm gonna hear is randy newman okay i guess yeah it's just again pre-toy story randy newman it's yeah it's got heavy late to like late 19s vibes. It's got that late 80s, 90s. It's just jam packed in there, bro. You can't escape the vibes. If you're like a millennial, this is going to trigger some crazy flashbacks that you didn't even know you had. It's weird. Um, and even like the Gen Zers who watched a lot of millennial stuff, like Cheaper by the Dozen, literally anything with Eddie Murphy, this is going to bring back a, oh, I forgot movies were made like this. Um, one of my favorite characters, hands down, the grandpa, Frank. I Okay. That guy. Elaborate. Um, so this movie, this guy is rough around the edges. Um, nobody really likes him because he was a hard dad to have around. This is the father to all the adult kids. So this is Gil's dad, Steve Martin's dad, and all of his siblings. It is widely known throughout this movie that most of them don't get along with their dad he was either too tough not around focused too much on work there's a couple things but and let me tell you i get it (laughs) yeah he was tough (laughs) the the movie's like i don't get along with my dad and i'm like i wouldn't either yeah but this reminded me a lot of my grandpa a lot of the grandpas i knew i'm like oh this seems very authentic like this would be what my grandpa was like um but at the this guy has a redemption arc he you see a softer side of him. he doesn't get soft 
but you see a softer side of him and he's there for his kids and he's trying his best and it took him a long time to get there and it's legit and I freaking loved it. Also, huge part of this movie, even though it's called Parenthood that I wasn't expecting, is all these people have kids between the ages of like three and I would say 16, 17. Yeah, yep. So many babies in this movie. So many. The movie ends with almost a montage of births. It's wild the number of babies you get introduced to at the very end of this movie. And it was it was w- weird. I understand that real life can happen like that, but I'm like, okay, everyone's pregnant. Everybody? No one's no one's yeah. free right now. There was a baby that we knew about, um a woman that was showing that we knew about, and then an active birth that we did not know about. <laughs> And so, like you said, it it all kind of happened at once. I think the weird, not the weird part, it is weird, but not the unbelievable part is the woman that is giving birth at the end of the movie, (laughs) her daughter already had a new kid. So she's giving birth to a sister that is going to be younger than her daughter's kid. Which is, I mean, I have that in my family, so it's not crazy. Um... But I don't know. I don't, this movie, dude, this movie. Hey, good. just because it happened to you doesn't make it not crazy. I don't think it's that crazy. I think, I think, hear me out. People out there in the 40s, 50s, and 60s be getting it on, bro. And for sure, for sure. So the fact that you would have a kid in your 20s and then turn around and have a kid in your 40s, not that crazy. Because it's her daughter had a teenage pregnancy. So, yeah. You know, she, <laughs> it's a, it's a series of unfortunate events. Um, this movie was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I did too. It covered a lot of things about parenting that I have gone through and a lot that I haven't gone through yet that I recognize my parents had to go through, which takes a lot in a movie to make you relate with people you've known your entire life. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like mm-hmm. you're introducing a new frame of mind and I've had this mind for a couple decades now. So the fact that you're showing me a new perspective that I haven't been introduced to is remarkable. And it happened more than once. And I will say I watched this movie by myself, but I laughed out loud a couple times and that never happens. Okay. So Um, I props in this movie. I personally did not find this movie very funny. It was engaging and interesting the whole time, but I did not have very many laugh out loud moments. Um, There are some scenes during the birthday party that I think are good. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are some like one liners that I don't recall off the top of my head, but Overall, I think this movie was just more interesting than it was funny. I personally would sell it more of a family drama than I would a comedy. But family drama puts like a really like dark connotation on this it. This isn't like it is, Seventh Heaven. Is it Seventh yeah, Heaven or Eleventh? It's not Ozark. It's not Shameless. Yeah, it's it's. I would say sixty percent drama, forty percent comedy. Like the comedy's the yeah. main part. Okay, and it's also like. This takes place in like St. Louis. Okay. So it's like Midwestern family drama. And this isn't shameless. Like you said, like in Chicago dealing with poverty. This is just like middle America problems. So I think it's relatable with most of the audience. In the 80s, at least. Yeah. Uh, In the 80s. Uh, This movie was written and directed by Ron Howard. Um, And if you're familiar with any of Ron Howard's stuff, like Arrested Development, you know, I think you see that tone very much um, of just like lighthearted, but still serious. uh, I mean, other things that he directed that you might be familiar with, um, Hillbilly Elegy, which came out relatively recently, 
Rush, which is a racing movie, uh, Da Vinci Code um, with Tom Hanks, uh, Beautiful Mind, Solo, Apollo 13. A Star Wars Story. Yeah, these are all stuff he's like, you know him from something, unless you're, you know, under 18, then none of that stuff would have interested you <laughs> at all. And so I was excited. I didn't know it was a Ron Howard movie until I started watching it. And when I did, I'm like, all right, all right. I'm a little bit more on board now. And, and the Ron Howardness is definitely there. I don't know enough about him to pick out his style in the lineup. Um, okay. But yeah, it was interesting. I, I think the movie was worth it. The writing, there was a couple awkward parts in the writing. Like there was a scene where um, they're in a principal's office and they're getting confronted by the principal and a child psychologist for possibly removing their oldest from that school and putting him in a special school because he's not engaging like the other students and he's getting too distracting. The teachers are spending too much time with them. And then there's a weird scene where he's like, it's probably because when we started parenting with him, you, when you were pregnant, you were on the grass. And I'm like, well, this seems like a weird thing to bring up at a parent-teacher conference. Yeah, so... <laughs> I mean... A lot of Gil's storyline centers around his eldest, who does need to be put in a special ed class, and he is in denial about it. And then when he does accept it, he's like, I need to be more hands-on at home. But as soon as he wants to be more hands-on at home, his work is demanding more from him. And so he's trying to balance doing more at home while doing more at work. And I think that that, above all else, is kind of the relatable part of this movie, is watching Gil try to balance work and enjoying life he's got a lot going on because he doesn't like his work like it's not super rewarding but he wants to do well to support his family right like the dude's in a relatively big house and he's got three kids and he's got a wife who i don't think she's a stay-at-home mom like he's like feeling the pressure yeah she used to work but then once the kids started showing up she was a stay-at-home mom and she's and considering she getting wanted back to in. get back into the workforce and then yeah. she got pregnant again and you kind of see all these moving parts of life uh come together and i just want to show you i think this is a testament to how full this movie is without being too jam-packed is we've spent most of this movie talking about Gil. Like I said, there are two other just as fleshed out families in this movie. It's wild. So one of it, one of the kids gets married at like 17. One of the other kids um, hasn't seen his dad in months and decides, Hey, I don't want to live with you mom anymore. I'm going to go spend my time with, a, with my dad. Um, she at the time is trying to find someone to date because she's been divorced for a while now. And then we have the burnout son who's supposed to be like 27, 28, who gets introduced to the family and we see him and he's got a kid he's had who's like two or three from a previous partner who he recently found out about. So now he's introducing it to his family who have no idea who this kid is. And the kid's name is cool as in, Hey man, that's pretty cool. Um, there's just so much going on that it keeps it interesting and it makes it feel real. Cause I feel like if there was just one family going through all this stuff, we'd be like, all right. But I mean like life isn't this complicated. Well, when you have a family with three siblings and you're all adults trying to figure out what to do with your kids, it gets this complicated and it felt very real. And I, and as far as movies go, realness is a big part of my ratings. When I enjoy a movie, sure. it needs to feel realistic. I get, I'll get pulled out of movies very easily 
if I can just, you know, shrug my shoulders and say that would never happen. Yeah. Um, I also think this movie does a good job at portraying how kids are incredibly lovable, but also easy to get on your nerves at the same time. Uh, because you see Gil care so much about his kids and then us as an audience member, we can watch, we, we notice that a meltdown is about to start in about 15 seconds, but Gil doesn't notice it for whatever reason. And then as soon as it happens, I'm like, Ooh, I don't like the situation anymore. Ooh, let's remove ourselves instantly. Let's, let's get out of this. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple of times where I'm like, thank God my kids won't be like that. I thank God my siblings weren't like that. They were crazy in a different way. But I'm like, okay, this is going to be a little much. But dude, also something we didn't, we brought up really briefly. Mary Steenburgen, Berg, Mary Steenburgen, who plays Gil's wife, Karen. Is she in every single movie in the 80s and the 90s? <laughs> We've watched so many movies with her and I feel like she's been have, flying have really? Dude. Or maybe it's just me. Maybe I've just dedicated my life to movies I watched before I was born. But I feel like, okay, let me run through some of her catalog, bro. She's in The Good Place. Seen it. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Seen it. Orange is the New Black. Um, Justified. And these are all the new stuff. Wait, let's let's skip to the older stuff. Elf. She's the mom and elf. Um, She's also in Frasier. She's also in Philadelphia. Great movie. She's also in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. She's also in Back to the Future. She's also in, obviously, this movie. She's also in Step Brothers. Like, this movie's in everything. This chick's in everything. She's also in Gulliver's Travel, the series. She's also, I mean, like, for me, I'm like, this, when I think of a mom in, like, early 2000s, 90s, this is who comes up. And she's forgettable, but she's everywhere. So, sorry if you're listening to our podcast. Didn't mean to call you forgettable, but you, you know what I mean. You're, you're getting work, so. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's <laughs> just kind of what happens when you are um, a supporting actress. You know, you can do 45 um, movies and only get recognized for, like, three of them. Right. She's also in Nightmare Alley. Like, this chick's everywhere. But anyways, dude, the cast, fire. There's a couple people that were just weird to me. Like... Um, the daughter who gets married to Keanu. Weird vibes. Yeah. And I think that se- her arc specifically was another one of those like, you are both wrong situations yeah. where, the, where the daughter is wrong, but you, mom, not handling it very well either. Like, I understand why she is rebelling. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a lot, you know. But all in all, we should probably wrap this up. This movie is worth your time, I think. It's also a long one. And because there's so many scenes and so much going on, it's two hours. And it feels the whole two hours. It does. It really does. And we've watched a lot of two-hour movies. Most of the movies we watch on here are two hours or more. Um, But as it's paced like an 80s movie. And... 80s movies were not usually two hours. There there were exceptions, obviously, but like most movies sat in that clean, like 90 to like 110 minute mark. And um, so to have a movie that is two hours stop with the pacing of an 80s movie, you do feel it. And it's not bad because of this. We just want you to understand. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, Craig. What are you giving it? I think this movie is a flat 
seven. Okay. Um, really good, really interesting. The comedy could have been punched up a lot for me, but overall, this movie is very endearing. Um, I'm giving it a seven and a half. I think this is a B plus movie. I think it's something that you should watch, especially if you haven't watched like an older movie in a while. I think it'd be something to remind yourself what those movies are like. If and also watching something new. I think there's a couple of jokes that don't hold up, but like I think the majority of the movie is very endearing. And I think you'll enjoy it. I would 100% watch this movie again. All right. So now we are going to move on to our improv segment. Uh, Every week we bring, we have a rotating list of improv segments that we've done before. Every now and then we'll introduce a new one to the mix where we kind of set the rules and regulations for the segment that we are doing. And then after that, we kind of just go until we're done. Uh, The segment that we have this week is... Crowd favorite, host favorite, sell me this pod. The way this segment works is we are going to give somebody uh, a thing and then they, the and other by person somebody has he to, means me or him. Like we don't have, yeah, an we're going to give the, we're going to give the other person an item or a, a, a noun pretty much. And then they have to sell us on that thing, except They have to sell kind of the opposite of what that thing does. So if we're going to pitch them a traditionally good object, then we need to hear the bad side of it. And if I give you a bad object, you have to you have to convince me the good part of it. And that's how this segment works. And then we'll do a final round where we give you a where we give each other a neutral stance or a neutral object. And then that person has to. Make one huge stance in either direction. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Alex, do you want to pitch or be pitched to? Um, I'll pitch, bro. All right. So I need you to tell me. Yep. Oh, the we also bad part. have one minute. I don't know if you yes, said that. Yes, there is. A, I, I don't be listening. Yeah. But we got one minute. We try to fit the entire concept in that time. Just so you know. All right. So I need you to pitch me on why trade school is bad. Okay. So this is an easy one. Here's the problem with trade schools is it's focusing way too much. Have you ever been like, hey, do you know what would be super interesting? I want to get into electricity. I'm going to be an electrician. I want to be able to wire houses. And then you finish trade school because trade schools are almost always under two years, almost always. And they're typically less expensive than colleges. And you're like, this would be a great idea. And then you do the whole thing. And then realize after you finished, after you started your apprenticeship or internship, I want to do something completely different. And none of what I just did were gen eds. Nothing transfers. If you want to get into business, if you want to get into communications, absolutely nothing transfers. Now, hear me out, bro. We all got an uncle that does construction. We all got an uncle that has a landscaping business or whatever. It worked for them. It's the 21st century. Inflation is crazy. Do you want to be able to afford a house? Diversify, diversify, diversify. Okay. So let let me just get this straight. Let's just recap for a second. All right. Mm -hmm. So trade school is bad because you're pigeonholing yourself into one career. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. What did my uncle that does construction have to do with it all? Because there was a time at which that would have worked. Now... You can't focus on stuff when technology is evolving. You'll get left in the past, bro. None of our parents You're can right. use computers. Focus. You're right, because there's so many construction robots just building structures all by themselves. You're right. Sorry. I forgot crap. about that. Unless you can make $100,000 
as a drywaller, you might want to figure out something else because I don't know if you've checked recently, but the median house prices in the U.S. is over $400,000. We're all going to be homeless probably Alex, next week. I, I resigned the concept of me buying a house six years ago. Watching these housing prices go up means absolutely nothing to me. I, they could go up to $4 billion a house and I would sit here cackling. Anyway, what do you want to pitch? What do you want me to pitch you? All right, I want you to tell me, right, why stay-at-home moms are a bad idea. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should have thought about that before you went in on me and my great explanation. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So, we all know that the patriarchy is built around the center thesis of not letting women understand that they are better than men in every conceivable notion. Anybody, that's not new, all right? But we still have to look out for threats. And the threats are the stay-at-home moms. Because you stay at home long enough, the only person that's keeping you company is the babbling two-year-old and your own thoughts. Eventually, you're going to realize your own thoughts, they're pretty good. And... You start to get some sort of like uh, sentience of being like, oh, I have free thought and free will. I'm able to keep this home tidy and clean all by myself. What if I were to take these skills and apply them elsewhere and maybe do something else for a living? And we can't let the moms do that. We need to make sure that they stay in their one lane. So I kind of just did like the opposite of what you did. Yeah. Gave off serious simp energy. And I think that okay. highlights who we are. <laughs> As people, yeah. As people yeah. to our audience, okay? Alex is like, you're never doing enough. And I'm like, you're <laughs> you're capable of so much more. Right, right. I stand behind that. All right, all right. Craig, you want to pitch me some bad thing that can convince you is a good thing? <laughs> okay, okay. Do your worst, I, bro. I'm gonna make I'm, you. I'm, I'm gonna make you work for this one. When am I not? You know, going 15 miles per hour on the interstate. On the interstate? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> See, audience, another thing we haven't really touched on is it is so much cooler of a flex right after you get the prompt to go straight into it because it means you have to figure it out within that minute and it has to be a cohesive thought. So. I edit the silence out anyway. They would never be able to tell. Yeah, but I want I want them to know, like, we're doing this. You and I both are doing this immediately. Like, we we have to go with our first thought because I already forgot what I'm supposed to be doing. 15, 15 miles per hour? Interstate? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Are you black? Are cops terrifying to you? Do you get pulled over for speeding when you're going too slow? Do you get pulled over speeding when you're going the speed limit? Well... Let's just make it easier to pull over from now on. Go 15 miles per hour and ride the shoulder. Listen, spend your money on a car with good gas mileage. It'll get even better when you're going that slow. Also, less dangerous maneuvers because no one's going to spin out going 15. Um, When the cop inevitably pulls you over because, you know, we be like that sometimes. You're going to pull over. They're going to be like, why are you going so slow? It'd be like, because, sir, I'm respecting my time and your time. And I wanted to get on the shoulder as fast as possible. 10 seconds. Also, have you considered how both my hands are on the steering wheel? I do not have a weapon on me and you are currently being recorded. I have a serious respect for law enforcement. Uh, thin blue line, uh, blue lives matter, the whole nine. Um, 
feel free to you, write your ticket now and <laughs> I'll go about my way. Um, yeah, that's some serious simp energy right there. Uh, who uh, am I simping to? <laughs> Minorities <laughs> who have been systematically taken advantage of? You know, I'll take it. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> Are All you right. ready, Craig? Um, I, I am ready. Yes. Okay. Um, I'll give you a softball. But that means you can't use the simp energy for me. Okay. So this is a bad thing. But it could be worse, you know? Um, This is going to be, oh, dang, I have to poop, but I literally just got out of the shower. So I think the problem with this prompt is that you think it's a bad thing. All right? So so here's why I'm going to tell you why that's a good thing. All right? First of all, one, you don't accidentally have to poop right after the shower you feel it while you're in the shower you can anticipate something like that all right and so you could cut your shower short if you really didn't want to like mix those fumes in there or whatever but no you chose to wait until the very end and so what you are giving yourself is one instant relief right like tell me that you've never gone to the bathroom and haven't felt, mm, I'm going to say that that feeling is in my top five feelings of all time. And two, sometimes it's just nice to understand and just kind of like sit in your bodily functions. All right. So that hot water, that's going to make that smell like uh, uh, stronger. And you get to sit there and accept that this is what your body made. And this, okay. this is who you truly are. Um, Greg, I think yeah, halfway up? through you forgot you need to make this a good thing because uh, no, I didn't because it sounded rough for most of it. Nah, man. <laughs> Listen, okay. I'm going to get a little nasty and I might cut this out. But sometimes, sometimes you go to the bathroom after a hot shower, you smell that stank air and you're like, wow, I really had to get that out. And it's almost the smell of satisfaction of like, this really needed to get out of me. I'm glad I got it out. But what you're describing is the pleasure of an experience of a good poop. None of it has to do with having to do it after a shower, which is when you are your cleanest and you're ruining that. Oh, dude, I am so not worried about that. Hey, your butt is going to get dirty whether you just washed it or not. All right. And if it's that big a deal, you can turn the shower on, spend 15 seconds cleaning her up again. Also, this is why people get bidets. All right. The fact that you don't have a bidet and you have a problem with wiping your butt after you shower, that is 100% a you problem. We as a society have given you a tool to fix this issue Craig, you and you choose to not go on it. Do you have a bidet? No, because I don't have a problem Craig, with it. I know one person, no, two people in my life with a bidet. This is a problem. And I think you ignored the problem and just said, hey, this is my one minute pitch on why pooping is fun. Okay. <laughs> But we should probably move on to a neutral thing. Uh, Alex, uh, I think I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Dude, I'm I'm not going to turn down. That'd be awesome. It's 30 bucks. You can hook it right into your toilet. Whatever. Um, Alex, the neutral thing that you have to take a stance on, floor wax. Floor wax. Okay. Um, Are you a fan of... Karate Kid, because I think it's time we really dived into the industry of waxing on and waxing off. Um, Floor wax, car wax, wax in general has been slowly sneaking into our families. You might be familiar with 
essential oils, MLMs. It's all a problem. And somehow we've been letting wax get away with anything. It makes the floor slippery. Okay. It adds a film which may or may not be toxic to your vehicles, to your floors, to your surroundings. Where, where's the government on this? Is none of this stuff being regulated? Can anyone just put any wax anywhere? Where do I even go and buy floor wax? I've never bought it. I don't know anyone who has bought it. It's exclusive to the janitors. And I think the reason we haven't tracked down the Illuminati yet is because no one's looking in their school janitor closet. These substances are putting around our kids. No, I'm cutting you off. No, you're done. Um, So it started out like it was going to be a positive thing. And then I tuned out for, I kid you not, five seconds. And then I tuned back in. And he's like, toxic fumes, Illuminati. Mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa, we lost the plot a little bit there, guy. Craig, are you ready for yours? Yes. We're going to go with sidewalks. Everybody's heard the old saying, step on a crack, break your mother's back. But what people don't talk about as much is ride over a crack on a bird scooter, get sent forward at 15 miles an hour with no helmet on uh i would like to take this segment about sidewalks to really pivot into uh walking lanes right all roads in major cities have like a bike lane so that way they can be on the road and not next to cars hey those bike lanes are like two feet wide all right I am bigger than that, and I am scared of cars. So if I am on a bird scooter, I'm going to ride on the sidewalk because that lane is too narrow, okay? I Listen, the scooter specifically tells me, Ten seconds. do not ride on sidewalks. I'm gonna, because you know what? I'm certainly not going where the cars go. The cars go where scary is. I don't go where scary is. Okay, time. Listen, Craig, now I'm confused. Because you start off with, you know, break your mother's back, cracks are bad, they're dangerous, tripping hazards. And then you said, do you know what's real bad? Biking lanes. So I'll use the sidewalk on my Which wheel devices. Which is also a danger in and of itself. So you understand that it is a double-edged sword. No, I think you said it's not a danger because the sidewalks are safer. Listen, Craig, I'm not going to lie to you. I think I need to get further elaboration on your, you choose- on your thesis. Um, I'm making you choose the lesser of two evils. Sidewalk has cracks, can throw you forward. Bike lane has cars, could run you over. Both bad, no good option. Bird scooter, dangerous. See, this is this is a tricky thing because I feel like you're trying to prove three things at once. But in an effort to save our audience and our listenership, we're going to move on to the next segment. So that was our improv segment. We didn't have to do cocks, gun, or whatever. So if I introduce something that you got lost on... It, didn't, it wasn't relevant this time, okay? So pat yourself on the back. You caught me, all right? But that was our improv segment. We'll recycle them. We'll use that one again if it's good. You enjoy it. You might have to wait a little bit, but that's how that works. Now, our middle segment, the prep segment. The mega, the honker. A lot of people like this one. We put time in. We got some fire ones. But this week, Craig, what are we doing? Uh, this week, we are opening the vault uh, to celebrate our 100th episode, I went back and I picked up some iconic clips from the history of the show. And uh, we're just going to play them back and react to them. Uh, this first clip, I did pull our first proper intro. This is from episode one. I included our old theme music just for fun. Um, it, I, it's a truncated version, just like a little bit to kind of get our vibes and how I didn't quite have editing down quite yet. 
Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast. I am Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. We are here recording quite possibly the greatest piece of entertainment man has ever been blessed to uh, envelop into their lives. Envelop into their lives. You can say that again. Envelop into their lives. Because you... Now... Correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. this is the first podcast like ever. We we are in, we are currently inventing podcasts. Um, I don't know if we're inventing podcasts or reinventing the wheel because I don't know if there was a form of entertainment before this podcast, and that's not even narcissism or arrogance or anything like that. I think that's just facts. And if you've happen to listen to our other earlier episodes you know that we don't talk about anything that's not true on this podcast listen bro okay this energy <laughs> is exactly the same it's the same for it's the same energy with some slight deviations right. first uh i i was not bringing the heat with that first hey welcome to the podcast yeah. that was tame for craig i think um, second also I didn't realize how much time we take to think while we're talking. Yes. Yeah. And I did not, I had not gotten good at truncating that silence back then. I was like, if it's longer than half a second, I'll cut it down. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, there's a tool that does that for me. Cool. Awesome. My mic, I remember that mic sounding very bad, but honestly, it didn't sound bad. What was bad was the fact that you could hear my brother in the other room. <laughs> yeah, dude. I if don't you know. go back and listen to that clip, you will hear him go team wipe uh, a few times. <laughs> also, shout out the Alex Good, aka Alex Good, because I came up with that on the fly, and I've been sticking with it for a hundred episodes. It's a good one. Um, Also, I think it's, you know, the energy has not changed because within the first 15 seconds, I tell a stupid joke and we interrupt each other. Well, also within the first 15 (laughs) seconds, now I was thinking, man, that's a stupid joke. I hope I, and right when I'm thinking that, (laughs) me, I was like, "Eh, I don't know about that, Craig. And I'm, I'm glad there was pushback even back then because I can't let that stuff fly, bro. Okay. Um... (laughs) The next clip I'm going to show you is also from episode one. Uh, this is back when we did outros, and you're going to know what oh, I mean as soon as I play yep. it. I do have to have some sorrow news before we close out the podcast. The zebras are losing the war. The numbers are back, and unfortunately, the marsupials have overtaken the zebras by... An overwhelmingly large number. And I don't know if they're going to make a comeback after this. See, the problem I have with this whole zebra situation that we discussed time and time again is the fact that they're not getting the funding they need. They're not getting the marketing and the publicity they need. And I think a lot of people are promising to contribute to their cause and are failing to do that. And whether that's posting on your Instagram, you know, save the zebras or... On Twitter, hashtag Zebras Forever or whatever it is, it's it's starting to break my heart that the zebras are losing hope that they're ever going to return to a normal life. This is even funnier because we're playing it so straight. Yes. The whole time I can feel myself like, man, I should inv- I should have more energy for this, but I'm trying not to laugh so hard. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> so the context for this bit is that when we were recording our pilot episodes, we, we just started doing this bit where like the joke was zebras are some underfunded minority group that needed special attention and was not getting the attention they needed. And so every outro was us raising awareness for this war on zebras. And listen, we don't get criticism about the show. Our friends don't care enough about our podcast enough to reach out and be like, eh, that bit wasn't very good. This is the only note that I consistently got in the early days of the podcast was like, Hey guys, that zebra bit sucks. It yeah, is not stop funny. talking about zebras for five <laughs> minutes when the podcast is over. But now I don't know if we should have trusted their opinion because that is, it's not laugh out loud funny, but the whole time I'm thinking, is this really happening right now? And that in itself is, it's a very Nathan Fielder bit. And I, I love it, dude. I, I, I'm not saying we should bring it back. I know I said that literally three minutes ago, but I miss it. I miss it a lot. Okay, so this next clip is from, I think it's from episode 24. Uh, it's from our Clockwork Orange episode. Uh, I, I'm going to, this is my favorite intro that I've ever done. And we can um, let the clip speak for itself, because there's a lot of people who are going to have yeah. no idea what's happening. If you like bina coladas, they are high in protein. If you're not into salads... If you want something lean, if you like cooking for tomorrow's food, in the room with the cakes, I'm the bean that you looked for. Cook with me meat that's fake. Thoughts? It never ceases to amaze me how different we are. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Dude. Me and that guy would be best friends right now. Because I'm thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, you know what I thought you were going to play? Was not that. Oh, no, that's up next. That's up next. Don't worry. I'm like, the. I don't remember. You used to sing a lot. You used to introduce characters. And the whole time, what, what he just said, me, from the past, is what I thought every time. Is how in the world am I still doing a podcast with a guy who sings to me parodies that I hate every time. God, and the thing is, I still think it's so funny. It's oh, obnoxious. God. I think the funniest thing is how I really contemplate our friendship every time you do it. I'm like, oh, I guess any hopes of us ever getting popular or whatever are going down the drain because you are convinced our audience wants to hear you. It's, it's a lot, bro. It's a lot. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold this dance till I die. Past me knows what he's talking about. All right. Um, so this next clip is from the same episode. This is from our film discussion of A Clockwork Orange. And this clip does need a little bit of context, which is Alex watched A Clockwork Orange before I did. And then he sent me a text that was like, hey, Craig, you should watch this movie with your mom. And me, doe-eyed and foolhardy, said, <laughs> okay, Alex, whatever you say. And if you're not familiar with The Clockwork Orange, I'll tell you that that is probably in uh, the top 5% of movies you should not watch with your family. And I found that out the hard way. And here is a clip kind of showing my reaction to that and kind of the energy that I had for this entire episode. 
I'm watching this with my mom. And so, like, I'm on my phone, like, trying to not look at the screen during, like, the first during the first sexual assault scene and i'm like okay can't wait for this to be over and then another one happens <laughs> so and so funny. and so this really, this really brings me to the crux of my opinion about this movie this movie sucks this movie is garbage this movie is trash okay oh, so it boy. goes out of its way to make the viewer feel uncomfortable but about nothing you're, we're uncomfortable about nothing. It makes us feel bad, like a bad person because we decided to take our time because we were trusted. We are trusting this director to give us a piece of art that we think will make us actually think about anything. But it doesn't make us think. It makes us hate being alive. It makes us look at the people that we're watching this movie with and it makes me think, this person's never going to trust me again. This person is going to think about my opinions and this person is going to make me think, hey, this is a good time to spend quality time with each other. And it's not because this movie sucks. This movie is the epitome of garbage and like and like so many people think that that like oh you just don't get it that's the point of the movie it's gonna make you think the point of the movie is to make you feel uncomfortable no that that's you (laughs) society for making us think that this movie is good that this movie brings anything to the planet it doesn't it's literally nothing it's malcolm mcdowell in his underwear getting touched by an old man that's literally nothing Listen, bro. Um, anyway, it's so much funnier when I realized you had to watch that movie with your mom, bro. Because I know you're gonna have a very similar reaction if you didn't have to watch it with your mom. But knowing you had to watch that scene with a person you went up to and said, "Hey, mom, this is gonna be a good movie for us to watch together." So she she knew it was a podcast movie, right? And so I think even by this point, she knew I was watching some movies that she wasn't going to (laughs) like. Yeah. But like I said in the clip, the movie is pretty vulgar. And I still stand by the opinion of kind of distasteful. (laughs) And it's uh, graphic to say the least. And so my mom, bless her heart, uh, probably... (laughs) Stuck through 20, 30 minutes before silently exiting the room. And um, I don't blame her. I don't blame her at all. (laughs) And the worst part about it all is I never threw Alex under the bus for that. (laughs) It would have been funny. I feel like she would have forgiven you if you would have told her. Because she would have thought that was funny. And I think your dad would have thought that was funny as well. Because it's a funnier experience knowing you got set up than thinking your son genuinely thought this was a good idea. And so that clip was just 60 to 90 seconds of what the energy that I brought to the table for about 15 minutes. So oh. that is kind of, that's the episode that I recommend to people because it, you get a good glimpse into our friendship and then also probably my favorite movie review we've ever done. Now, that being said, I'm going to play a clip from maybe this my second favorite movie review that we've ever done. And this is from episode 37, I believe. So there's a scene where um, Luke is having lunch with the senator. And the senator's like, well, if you want to get out, you can, you can take those tapes and prove your innocence. 
and like prove basically prove that this guy did it. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I know Luke is upset about losing Will and whatnot, but at no point has he expressed that he wants to get out. Yeah, like, up didn't until make any now, sense. It's been pretty cushy living, and you know what, Will stepped over some boundaries. Yeah. I think Luke made it pretty clear. I, I think that Luke that. made it pretty clear that, hey, I need this for money. I'm not going to do anything bad. You kind of have to trust me. And Will's like, hmm, screw you. I'm going to do it anyway. And all of a sudden, Luke grew conscious and he's like, well, I guess I should probably leave now. But we as an audience don't get that we only get yeah. that because the senator makes some really vague remarks yeah. about how to steal a tape and i'm like yeah oh, I everything's guess we're recorded you should go check now. it out yeah and it was crazy to me because i'm like you know dude it was an accident water under the bridge <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what we're talking about we are talking about the 2001 movie the skulls with paul walker yeah I remember a little bit of that movie. I think we're talking about a scene where a bunch of girls walk in. I don't yes. know. Okay. So the reason I like that review so much is because I think it is our most banter heavy review, right? Where we talk about this movie for almost 45 minutes, I think almost an hour. And the entire time, this movie's not good. It is absurd and cheesy and like, sloppy and we take this movie down in almost every opportunity it allows us to and it's a lot of banter like what you just heard for like 45 minutes we if you want to hear us rag on a movie just because it's a little sloppy but we have a lot of fun with it the review of the skulls is it's one of my favorite reviews we've ever done yeah and i barely remember it but we've been doing this for quite a few times, so like I can't remember every review, you know. And the last clip that I have, I think it's the last clip anyway, is from episode 70. It's just the intro of the episode. <laughs> and I think it's the episode that stuck out for me the most in terms of how far we went in terms of production. Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And welcome to the stupidest podcast we've ever recorded. Oh my god. So let's have some explanation. Let's have let's have a little bit of a story time. Yeah. Yesterday, I was talking to Alex, and I'm like, hey, when do you want to record tomorrow? I have to go to work at 3, so it, so as long as we start recording by noon, I'm we can do any time. I'm cool with that. And Alex hits me with, do you want to record at 5.30 in the morning? <laughs> and I said, absolutely not, you monster. And we negotiated to we renegotiated to six thirty in the morning. Now let's be clear: Alex had no reason to record this early in the no morning. Reason. I have nothing going on today. <laughs> He's just like, let's let's do something buck wild. So two weeks ago, when we hit you with that solid morning voices idea, that's this. It's yeah, this. good morning. How this is we, the morning voices. How we sound right now, th- these are our morning voices. 
Yeah, I just I remember that episode so distinctly because uh, I hated it. <laughs> I didn't mind it, and I this is the first time listening to that episode. My voice was deep, bro. Deep, very <laughs> Holy deep. Holy smokes, uh, man. Um, yeah. So the morning voices was this concept that we talked about. A few episodes before we recorded that episode of just like that first hour when you wake up, your voice is like very low and um, like there's like a natural vocal fry to it. (laughs) Yeah. And we and the gimmick was like Alex was like, hey, what if we recorded an episode with our morning voices? And I'm like, well, the only way to do that is if we wake up really early. And he's like, yes. And um, I think it shows in the rest of the episode as well. Like you listen to the improv segment from that episode. The improv segment from that episode was a scene where we had to deliver all of our lines alphabetically and our 7 a.m. brains could not handle that. And it's also it a shows. hard improv to do anytime. And it was especially tricky then. So it was it was not it was not a good representation of what we're capable of. Um so those were all the clips that I pulled. Uh you should go back and listen to most of those episodes. The first episode is kind of whatever. But um everything like I I very rarely do we produce an episode where I'm like, yikes, that one sucked. Um, Some other episodes that I'm a big fan of that I didn't pull clips for. um, The Hereditary episode, I think, has a pretty iconic moment during the review. Yeah, that's episode Um, 34 for y'all at home. And um, I mean, trying to think we do a lot of themes. Um, Decades is always a good one. Um, If you want to see our positions and stuff. I would say best and worse was a really good thing we did. That was uh, last September, 100% worth Fast, it. Fast and Furious is um, was really fun for us to record. I made a few editing mistakes during those episodes. Um, so you'll kind of have to grit your teeth and go through those episodes uh, understanding that. But the content, the, the content is good. The quality, yikes. Um, but also, I think it's also safe. To scroll through our catalog, and if you remember a movie or you watched a movie and just want to hear what we talk about, click that one, and then just stay through the improv in the middle. So go hit the ones you know. If you still dig it, then you can go back and experiment with the movies you have nothing, you don't know anything about, and then you can skip to which the parts you like. All right, but that's what we have for the middle segment this week. Uh, we have a pretty simple one-hit wonder this week. This segment is never coming back in this variation, so... Alex, tell us what that one-hit wonder is. Your boy is going with an audience favorite. Who doesn't love Would You Rathers? We've done variations on this, but right now, I've prepared a couple Would You Rathers. And what we're going to do is I'll explain it to you. I'm going to guess your position on which one you would pick, and you're going to guess mine. And then we'll reveal what we actually would do. And if the other person is wrong, once we kill them. Sure, why not? Anyway, what's the first question? First question. Would you rather sing along... To every song you hear or dance along. You're obviously going to go sing along. You're obviously going sing along. I think you are also going to go sing along. Because I think you understand the dangers of car music now. And the inconvenience of waiting room music. Yeah, I'm going to sing along. I'll just do that little thing under your breath when you hear a song that you know in real life. You're like, I'll just do that thing. I'll just mumble it. It seems like the safest thing to do. The dancing seems like a lot of work. I, I'm just imagining myself like walking through, I don't know, literally any shoe store where they play the music so loud and I have to dance into the store the whole time I'm in 
putting on shoes and on my way out. It's too much. So singing along is the way to go. Craig, was I right? Singing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Would you rather always forget your significant other's birthday or your anniversary every single year? I'm going to say... And for birthday, we're going to say you don't even know how old they are. And for anniversary, you don't even know how long you've been together. Oh, that. mm. So when someone asks you how long you've been together, you're like, uh, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, I'm going to say you would rather forget your wife's birthday because I know that you are very laissez faire about your own birthday and. I know that you take your anniversary pretty seriously. So I think that you would feel bad. I think you would feel worse forgetting the anniversary, something you share together, rather than the birthday, something you kind of already don't care about. I'm going to say for you, you would rather forget the anniversary, not the birthday, because the birthday is something for them. And you want to make them feel special on their day. Um... And that's especially something they've been celebrating their entire life. Anniversaries is something you guys have started recently together. So I'm going to say you went, you're going to go birthday. Okay, I am going to go birthday. And here's why. Because every anniversary is a time to reflect on marriage, right? You get to look at everything that you've been through together. And I want to give my partner as few of those opportunities as possible. Because the longer they reflect on our marriage, the more reasons they have to get out. Craig, just because you don't remember doesn't mean they don't remember. So I'm trying to give my partner as few outs as possible for personal selfish reasons. And so, yeah, I'll make it up to them on their birthday. I'm going to go birthday as well because I don't care about birthdays, but Macy does. And also our birthdays are a week apart. So if I can remember my birthday on a Friday and she can't and I can't remember that her birthday is next Friday... (laughs) I'm going to look pretty bad. I think that's bad. even worse. Be, I think that's worse. That's that's pretty bad. So I need to remember that one. And I'll forget the anniversary. Because anniversaries, I think we've already been together for like four years. Um, past this point, if you forget, if you're one year off, a couple years off, it's whatever. You can just be like, oh, time flies when you're alone. You know what people say. But like birthdays, especially since she literally just did something for me. If I forgot her birthday every year, I'm not recovering from that. All right, Greg, let's do it. All right. More. Okay, sounds good. Um. Would you rather live the same day over and over and over again, groundhog style, so you can't, nothing carries over to the next day except for what you know, or have your current time, like we get 24 hours in a day, get cut short six hours for the rest of your life for everybody. So the world does not run on 24 hours anymore. It's 18 hours. So you, now you will sleep. You can still do six to eight hours of sleep, but you are just working with less time in the day for the rest of your life. I think you are going to choose the shortened time one because I think you would lose your purpose in a 24 hour day or in a 24 hour loop pretty fast. You know, we did an episode on Groundhog Day. And so like Tom Hanks gets bored within like a month. And I think you would also get bored in a month. It's Bill Murray. What did I say? You said Tom Hanks. Oh, Bill Murray. But yeah, um, yeah. I think you're going to go five years because I think you're going to be like, well, think of all the time, all the things I could get good at it during this time. And, you know, 
I can't kill myself, you know? So like, it's going to be just grinding it out. And even if I get depressed, I like or how you bring that. I like how you bring that up. Cause he's like, and I'm going to try, I'm going to try to kill myself. Yeah. I think Don't there's going to be a couple worry. times where you're like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore, but it's okay because it's not real. You can't kill yourself. I think the problem is, is you're not going to know how long five years is five years. So if you accidentally kill yourself on a real day, that's a bummer. You know, I think we can all agree that would be a bummer. Um, but I think you're going to use it to be productive. I think you're going to do a bunch of heinous acts like GTA for a little bit. I think you're also going to try and get real smooth with the late A's. I think you're going to try and pursue a career in Hollywood as much as you can in 24. I think you're just going to dedicate your time to getting talented. So by the time real life hits, you're prepared. Or that, And I think that would never happen. But I think you're looking at it that way right now. No, I don't because... I would, I would, I think I would grow tired of it pretty quick. Also, I am not the kind of person that sets out to learn new skills frequently. Right. Um, but I was so thinking I, of an idealistic, Craig. I wasn't, I was, I was thinking you would also be <laughs> idealistic. I think you'd be like, well, you know, this would be a good time to like memorize some Shakespeare, you know, and practice my <laughs> uh, film skills and camera angles and lighting. But apparently you're pretty realistic with yourself as well. So yeah, that I am. Um, are you uh, also taking the short I'm day? I'm also taking the short. I'm No, I'm taking Groundhog Days. Really? Okay. Yeah, for the reason I thought you would. Okay. Okay, sure. I wouldn't 100% have a couple GTA days where I'm like, screw it, let's become felons for a day. What's the worst thing that can I happen? I couldn't have GTA days because even in GTA, I don't have GTA days. Like, as a teenager, I was very much one of those people where I was like, let me get the biggest car I can and see how many pedestrians I can run over before I run out of inertia. Um, yeah, I'm not I would be like, like I'm going to figure out how to rob this bank and by my 300th try, I bet you I'm going to have it down to a science. I think it's going to be one of those things where I know who's looking where, what's going what, like I'm grinding through a video game. And then in the next couple of years, I'm probably going to get real good at piano, like uh, like the movie Groundhog Day. I'm going to get I'm going to get real talented with it. Um, and I think it'd be fun for the first year or two. <laughs> and then I might be just living <laughs> yeah. in hell. But I'd eventually get out of it. But I think I would 100% take that out take that route all right well those are our would you rather i call them duets would you rather duets would you rather duets um so that was our one hit wonder that version is never coming back and now we have our free balling segment it's our surprise segment that we didn't tell you about um it is the segment where we have a chance to kind of chat you know talk about the stuff that we've been watching that isn't podcast related and just kind of shoot the breeze for a little bit alex have you been watching anything else yeah i'm just still grinding through archer um i just finished the space season which is season 10. Um, the, like we've talked about before, eight, nine, and 10 are brutal to get through. It's when we totally ignore what's occurred previously. And we're going to go off and do separate worlds. Nothing's canon. It's, it's weird. I'm not a fan. I'm glad it's over. Um, they also announced that the newest season of Archer, Archer 13, I believe is going to release at the end of this month. So hopefully it's going to be a smooth transition. I got two seasons to go through and then go right into the 13th one. Um, but I, I'm I'm just I'm grinding through right now and then I'll go back to enjoying it later. <laughs> okay, which is how we love looking at TV shows. Right, 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 right. So, I want to talk about two things that we touched on a few weeks ago. Um uh I talked about Star Trek Discovery and how in season 3 there's this air of debt to a specific character that doesn't get brought up 
mm-hmm. finally got brought up. Episode 12 of 13 in this season. Someone finally brought it up. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> and like the season's good. I'm enjoying it. I'm just like, why did it take this long? It's almost so long. Why did we bother bringing it up in the first place? Um, and that was the only thing I wanted to say about that. However, the thing that I do want to talk about is I also watched um, Bill Burr's Live at Red Rock, which you talked about a few weeks ago. Sure. What would you think? I agree that this is definitely a more accessible Bill Burr, right? Right. You said that you stopped caring as soon as like during like the parenting bit. How it wasn't I think funny I didn't if- think it wasn't. I didn't stop caring. I think okay. that it was not there was it was a pause from stand up. Because there were jokes, but it went bang, 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 joke, punchline, setup, punchline, setup, punchline. Then there was like a 15-minute gap of, let me just tell you about my life. And I love Bill Burr. I knew I knew that he had kids already. But I'm like, if you're coming here for Bill Burr stand-up, it's gonna, it might get boring for you. Um, but there was like really touching moments that he talked about. And I'm like, I enjoyed it, but it's not going to be for everybody. Okay, okay. Um, there is this thing that comedians have been doing for about the last year. And since this special was recorded last year, it falls victim to that is I don't care about jokes about Twitter. Oh my God. Like Bill Burr does a really good job at taking subjects that a lot of people are talking about and still approach them from a new angle. His bit on Twitter and canceling dead people, like it's all... It, it's a it's a problem of a pre-recorded special is I have heard those jokes online for the last six months. Right. It's just that they had the benefit of uploading them immediately after they record them. Um, I also think the topic itself is very tired. Dave Chappelle has been talking about Twitter for four years and I've hated it since year one. It is the lowest common denominator when it comes to stand-up comedy. And I don't think that Bill Burr was an exception from it. That's what I, that's all I wanted to say about that segment. The rest of it is fire. Like you said, it is very good stand-up. I was laughing throughout pretty much the entire thing save for a few exceptions um yeah and he's he's a master of his craft bro he's been doing this for so long he's been so good for so long that i think he is like he is one of the best like top 10 all time and i'm kind of glad he's not as famous as dave Chappelle or joe rogan because he can the flying under the radar and not having him be in every news story is better for him I don't think I don't want to see Bill Burr doing interviews on like mainstream TV and all that stuff. He is. He is. But I'm glad it's not like Joe. It's I'm glad he's not having like stuff from his stand up getting pulled and thrown into like the media like Joe Rogan or Dave Chappelle anytime they do anything like no one's coming for Bill Burr and his abortion hot takes you know and i'm just like let bill burr do what bill burr's doing we all understand he's joking joe rogan's a little sketchy we're like i think he's joking but it seems a little real same thing with dave Chappelle. but i think we're all like bill burr's here to be funny guys so like let's protect him so it is a good special overall i think in general when i watch a stand-up special if you have 60 minutes there's gonna be 20 minutes that i just don't find as interesting right and the same thing is true for this one so those were just my 20 minutes I didn't care about. Yeah, man. Um, but that's pretty much all I got. Um, so week. Kinda, yeah. Next week, we are continuing our stages of life theme. 
we are moving into this like middle age, but not quite retired. Yeah, it's like that 40s to 60s. Like I'm in the middle of my life. I still got 20 good years after this, but I'm also past my prime. What do I do now? Kids are mostly grown. All that fun stuff. And the movie that we chose to represent this is Bridges of Madison County. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of it, which is a good sign because it's an older movie, but I know nothing about it besides the fact that it fits our theme. And uh, it's on HBO Max, which if you still have after the last two weeks, I'm proud of you, soldier, for sticking through. It's been a rough one. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, that's next week's thing. If you want to follow us on socials, I am chronically online. So if you need me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, all of those are permanent handle. I stream semi-frequently. My YouTube channel gets those VODs. Um, There's also a permanent good spinoff podcast that uh, airs the last Friday of every month. That is called Small and Tall where my friend Bug and I, we talk about movies that wouldn't necessarily make its way onto the permanent good feed. And that's the last Friday of every month. But it's still on this channel. So the chances are you scrolled past it. You don't have to go subscribe anywhere else. It'll be right here. Um, You can follow me on Alex the Goods everywhere. It's Alex the Goods. G-O-O-D-E-S. Listen, unlike Craig, I post never. I will get your notifications a month from now. I'll go back, comment something quirky, funny comic relief kind of um and then disappear again for another couple months i'm on instagram haven't posted anything i'm on twitter but it's probably best you just follow the podcast that's the best way to get interaction craig's monitoring that pretty often i still get those notifications but if you hit shout me out i will respond probably just for the record i sent alex a snapchat on july 16th and he still has not opened it so it's a late burn But I will get back to you, especially I don't care about Craig. I care about you, audience. Hit me up and I'll get to you eventually. But that's Alex the Goods on all social medias. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mom I said hi. See you next week. Deuces. (laughs) 